Man, go ahead and be seated. Go ahead and be seated. What's going on, online family? Let's, let's open up our word. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 is where we're going to be reading from. If you don't have your Bibles with you, it will be on the screen for those who are in-house, but also those who are watching online. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Let's read the words of Luke. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Verse 39, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listening to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But then the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, and it will not be taken from her. Let's pray. Lord, you are a good Savior. And today we look to you as the Savior of our lives, the author and the perfecter of our faith, to anchor our souls, especially in the chaotic world that we live in. Lord, we look to you to be our anchor, our hope, our joy. Father, we pray that those who are in person or watching online today, that they would hear you speak to them clearly, that you would bring clarity into their lives, that you would help them to move forward with a new sense of how to approach life, with a new sense of purpose, with a new sense of, of gratitude and joy, Lord. We pray for that today. I thank you for allowing me and using me to speak to your people. Now, Lord, do that today. Speak to your people. I pray that they don't hear me, but I pray that they hear from you. It's in your son's perfect and wonderful name is who we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, Brother Logan. Well, how are we doing, Oak Brooklyn family? Woo-woo, 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 yeah. Got some energy in the room. I like it. Oak Brooklyn family, those who are watching online, thank you guys for having me. For those who may not know who I am, my name is Javon. I happen to be uh, one of the pastors. Let me take that back. I happen to be one of the crazy pastors here at Christ Church, I'm the one with every adjective, screaming, sweating, you name it, I'm doing it. I'm that guy. I'm happy to be here with you guys. It's been a while since I've been uh, here at Old Brooklyn. It's probably been a couple years. Katie asked me to come on out, so I was, I was super glad and super thankful for her to, to invite me on here. And I'm excited to bring this message to you guys, especially a message today. We're going to be walking through uh, what it means to find rest. But what it means to find rest, and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit, but for, but for the next several weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about the importance and the significance of rest. But before we get into that, I got to say that I had quite an interesting childhood. Now, when I say an interesting childhood, I, mean, I don't mean that it was all bad. I had some really funny moments. I mean, moments that it wasn't funny in the moment, but like now that I look back on it, like, you know, 20, 15 years later, I'm like, that was actually kind of funny. You know, when I think about a moment, I think about uh, one, one time my father took me to uh, New York City. Anybody ever been to New York City? Been in New York City? If you know anything about New York City, they have that strip where they're selling a bunch of clothes and merchandise and all that, and everything is fake, right? Everything is fake. Gucci is spelled G-U-C-C-I-E, and Chanel is spelled with an S, and the, uh, the Jordans, Jordan has an afro. Like, it's just all bad and fake. It's just 
right? And say, but here's my dad. If you know my dad, you would be like, yeah, that's, I, I can see him doing that. He's a tacky type of guy. He's always looking for new stuff. So here he is in New York City. Now, mind you, mind you, I'm eight years old, all right? And if you know anything about New York City, it's busy. I mean, super busy. I mean, it's crazy busy, right? Some of the reasons why people hate New York City. So here we are walking through, and my dad's, he's hopping from table to table, uh, person to person. We're trying to sell him this, and we're trying to sell him that. And 10 minutes into it, my dad realizes my son is nowhere to be found. Like the craziest thing ever. Now, now mind you, let me say this one more time. We're in New York City. Not only is it busy, but it's big. Can you imagine, parents, can you imagine losing your eight-year-old in New York City? My dad said it was the longest five minutes of his life. It felt like an hour. He turned around, and he, and he forgot the most important thing. He forgot the, the most important thing, his job. And I can imagine him calling my mom, you know, at that moment. But his job was to take care and to focus and to do what he was supposed to do, but he was too busy. He was, he was rushing around. He was going from this to that and that to this and, 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 and everything. And isn't that funny that that describes a lot of our lives? That, that we're going from, from here to there, that we're scattered, that, that we're going from table to table, thing to thing, uh, uh, moment to moment, and we're scatterbrained. And a lot of us are putting emphasis in things that really aren't that important. A lot of us are, are really busy but not very effective. And we find ourselves in these moments in our lives. As a matter of fact, some of the leading psychiatrists today will say that the world is suffering from this serious epidemic. You ready? This is what they call it. They call it hurry sickness. You ever heard of it before? They call it hurry sickness, right? As a matter of fact, some of the uh, leading cardiologists will say the thing that will kill the heart uh, uh, faster and faster is busyness. It's not alcohol, it's not bad food, but it's busyness. It's rushing around, trying to do and trying to fulfill and, and all of that. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite theologians, he'll say that, that, that the, the enemy to the soul is hurry. It's rushing around. And, and I love this, uh, this one author, his name is John Mark Homer. If you ever need a good book to read, read John Mark Homer. He writes in this in his one book, The Ruthless of Elimination of Hurry, he actually agrees with the idea that we, are, we live in a busy and chaotic world, and our busyness is actually making us more anxious. Catch that. He says our, our busyness is actually uh, uh, draining us more and more in our lives. And he says in his book, this is how you know you suffer from hurry sickness. Are you ready? All right, number one, you're short-tempered. Anybody short-tempered in the house today? Maybe watching online, don't, don't tell us if you are because we'll judge you. But don't, don't just, anybody short-tempered, right? Like the tiniest thing just sets you off. Thank you, mama. You agree with me today. Like the tiniest, smallest thing. Like, like you just step in a room. Nobody has to say anything and you just get an attitude. You ever been there before? You, you just get in your car for some reason and you just get an attitude. Always upset. And, and not only are you always upset, Everybody feels that you're upset. <laughs> Everybody notices, oh, Tony's having a bad day. Uh, I've just, just got to back away from him today. This is what else he says. This is what else he says. 
He says, how you know you suffer from hurry sickness? You are constantly overwhelmed because you're overworked. Uh, in his book, John Mark Homer, he'll say, our drug of choice is accomplishment and accumulation because we want nothing but success. And success isn't a bad thing. It's just defined as the wrong thing. That's all it is. We're overwhelmed because we're over, overworked. As a matter of fact, there's another uh, 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 um, uh, kind of a disease that some, to some psychiatrists say it's called workaholism. You ever heard of this before? Workaholism, where this person just constantly working and constantly working because they feel that if they don't achieve this or if they don't achieve that, then they themselves are nothing, that they themselves have no self-worth, whatever it may be. Number three, always stressed. Some of us, some of us, if we can be honest with ourselves, there's not a day that goes by where we're not worrying about something. Right? Right, online team, there's, there's not a day where we're not, where we're not uh, stressed, right? We're stressed more than anything else. We're always worried. We're constantly worrying. Number four, he says this, we're living by demand. You ever heard of this before? That, that, that means that you're nothing but just a yes man or a yes woman. That means every time somebody asks you to do something, you're the first one to say yes, knowing good and well. You, can't, you don't have the energy nor the time to be able to do it. You're always living on demand. And a lot of people will say that people who just say yes to everything are deeply insecure because they want to feel important. We're saying yes, man. I remember one time uh, somebody had asked me to do something. Now, I knew it was my son's birthday party, okay? Just bear with me. They were like, hey, you know, if you just do this, I mean, the party doesn't start to 10. Maybe you come at 8. I'm like, you know what? That's a great idea. So I told my wife, she's like, that's a stupid idea. And if you don't, be, and if you go there, then don't come back home. Like, that's just not a good idea, right? Right? Isn't it funny sometimes we'll say yes to things over the most important things, like our families? Sometimes our families, like, like, like get, the, uh, uh, get the second choice in most matters. Look what else he says. Number five, lack of care of your body. Some of us, we're not good at taking care of ourselves. We're really good at taking care of our jobs and our responsibilities, but our bodies, for some reason, that it, it gets, the, again, the second place. We're not good at taking, our, so, taking care of ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally. Look at what else he says. Number six, we have escapist behavior. What does that mean? Escapist behavior means when you know you have an issue and you know you have things going on in your life, but you would rather ignore it and just keep yourself busy. And sometimes we keep ourselves busy by overeating, over drinking, over sleeping. We'll go to the extreme level because what we're really trying to do is we're trying to refrain and we're trying not to actually deal with the, the issues that we have in our lives. And here's what I would say. All these signs, if you fit one of them, right? I fit all of them. But if you fit one of them, just one of them, that, that means these, all these signs point directly towards a lack of rest in your life. All these signs uh, that, that you may be uh, uh, finding yourselves in, all of these signs all point to a lack of rest, that your soul is longing for a deep spiritual rest. A rest that fills your soul. A rest that reminds yourself that, hey, I don't have to work, work, work. All I have to do is just be present with the Lord. A rest that, that allows you 
to, 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 to be reminded of the truth of the matter is that if I want it, I got to seek the Lord in it. I got to seek God to give me the rest that I need in my life more and more and more. Because let's be honest, friends. Some of us are running at an unsustainable pace. Some of us don't know when to stop. We're at home, but we're thinking about work. You ever been there before? Right? What are you thinking about? Nothing. My wife's like, I know you're thinking about sermon, stupid. Shut up. No, no, no. It's all right. We all are longing for a deep rest, a rest where we're anxious free, a rest where we're worry free, a rest where we're stress free. That's the rest that we want, a rest that has a deep confidence and trust in the Lord, a rest that says that, you know, at the end of the day, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, what do I mean when I, when I say rest? And how are we going to walk through this series? Well, well we're going to be walking through this, and Logan's going to be talking about this next week, that the, the idea of rest is first seeking God. Let's just start with that. What's the purpose of it, and what does it do? The idea of rest is first seeking the Lord. Now, rest is not relaxing. There's a difference, okay? R r listen, rest is not sitting on a couch, watching The Office, Watching Outer Banks, even though that's a good show. You ever seen Outer Banks? It's a good show. You're laughing because you've seen it. It's a good show. Just letting you know, online team. Right? Rest, rest isn't just leisure and just laying back. Now, I would love to do that. Right? I got kids. Tony, you get this. I never sleep at all. I never sleep at all. You, some, of you, some of you with kids understand that, especially with young kids. But the one thing that, I, that, that, that rest does, rest is this idea of satisfaction. Rest is this, this idea of fullness, of wholeness. We are seeking the beauty and the perfection of God. As a matter of fact, one theologian would say that, that, that rest, what its purpose is, the purpose is to know God, to enjoy God, but also to worship God. Rest is this idea where we're, where we're coming to God and we're saying, hey, at the end of the day, I'm going to stop. I'm going to hit the pause button. Yes, I know I have all these demands and all these deadlines that I got at me, but at the end of the day, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to sit and listen to the Lord. It's a day where the Lord fills your heart with his presence, with his peace, with his promises, with his power. It's a, it's a day where you can tell yourself at the end of the day, I can walk with confidence and hope more and more in my life. That's the goal of rest. Now, let me ask you a question before we get right into the text. How is your rest? I'm not asking how's your sleep, right? Don't ask me because it stinks. But how's your rest? Are you the type of person where you're, 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 you're pulled in so many directions and the one thing that's absent is your relationship with God? Now, listen, I'm not speaking to judge you. I'm the same way. I'm a pastor, right? My job is to, to hear and to sit and to listen but sometimes I allow things to get ahead of God. Sometimes I allow life and its demands and its worries. And next year, you know, I realize, I'm like, I haven't read my Bible in like a, in like a day. I, I haven't sat down with the Lord in a while. So what we want to do today, what I want to help you do is to help us just get you started. That's all I want to do. Logan's going to help us next week to kind of uh, lay out some of the forms of, uh, of how it helps us and how it uh, develops up and what produces within us. 
But I just want to help get you started. Because a lot of you, today, we cannot afford to go back to what we were doing. Right? A lot of you, you, you can't afford to go back and just go to your regular schedule program. Like, there needs to be a change. And I believe this, that if you want to change your life, have more rest. Have more rest. As a matter of fact, in Genesis, it says that, that God created this, the, the, the creation orders, what they were saying. God created the, uh, uh, the earth in uh, six days, right? But on the seventh day, what did he do, guys? He rested. He example for us. I don't believe God was just laying back, chilling, you know. I don't think he was doing that. But he was exampling for us that we have to have a day where we just sit at the feet of the Lord like we find Mary in this passage. We just sit at his feet and we just listen. We're not talking. Because a lot of us are busy talking, talking to God and not listening to God. But rather we're saying, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I'm right here. I want to hear your words. I want to be under you. And God says that it, you were designed for rest. But see, for a lot of us, when we think about our lives, see, see, in, in God's eyes, how your life is supposed to go, you're supposed to work, 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 rest. But what, what do we do? Work, 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 but that's what we do. We're, we, we just, we, we do this. We have this unsustainable pace. And God says, listen, my way is a better. And get it. And that's what we find in our, in our passage today. What we find in our passage is Jesus uh, uh, going to this town called Bethany. And he walks into the a house of, of Martha. You may, have, you may know your Bible. And Martha and Mary, also the sisters, uh, were introduced in John chapter 11. They had a brother by the name of Lazarus. You've heard of Lazarus before, right? Remember that whole story? It's a beautiful story. But Jesus is, has a close, tight relationship with this family, and he walks into to, to, to Mary's house, and while Mary, I'm sorry, Martha's house, while Martha is, uh, is doing all the, the things that she's supposed to be doing, or she thinks she's supposed to be doing, Mary is at the Lord's feet. Look what it says in verse 39. It says, she had a sister called Mary. She sat at the Lord's feet. She was listening to his teaching. She says, you know what? Jesus is here. I can push away the work right now. The work's important, but Jesus is most important. Hey, I know we got to clean the dishes, right? So here's Martha, you know, getting everything together. And then Mary is that, she's that family member that's, that when it's time to clean, they're the first one to leave. You're that, you never had that family member? Maybe you're that family member. I literally just did that this week. Like, oh, the baby's sick. I got to go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I literally did that. But, but Martha's, Martha's freaking out. Look at what it says in verse 40. Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up and said, Lord, here she is talking to God of the universe. Look at what she says to him. Don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Here she is telling God what to do. Don't we do the same? Right? God, you should have did it like this. But did you notice Jesus' light? Not even rebuke, because I don't want to use that word. Jesus didn't rebuke her. Jesus softly corrected her. Look what Jesus says in verse 41. The Lord answered her, 
Martha, Martha. Now, what, what this is kind of entertaining, it's kind of like in our culture, when your parents call you by your full name, you know you're in trouble. Right? You know what that's like, right? They call you by your full name. I mean, first, uh, middle, and last name, everything. Look at, what he sees. Look at what he says. You are anxious and troubled by a lot of things. What made, Mary, what made Martha anxious? She was distracted. As a matter of fact, it's been linked that a lot of our anxiety, now this is, doesn't represent everybody. I don't want to offend anybody, but a lot of our anxiety is due to our wrong priorities. Does that make sense? I hope I didn't offend anybody. Please, like, I, I, I know that's not everybody, but a lot of psychiatrists are saying that we can start to get a more, underst- more uh, uh, control, that's the word I'm looking for, control of our anxiety if we understand and choose the right priorities. That's what's making Martha anxious. And look at what Jesus says. Look at what he continues to say. You are anxious and troubled by many things. Verse 42. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. Here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying this. Because Martha is, is preparing a meal. That's where we're assuming. Because when he uses this language, we're assuming that Martha is preparing a feast. This is what Jesus is saying. The good portion. Jesus is saying, listen, the best food is what I give you. Because man shall not live on bread alone but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus is saying, hey, listen, the better food is what I have to say to you. It's my word. It's my teaching. But Martha doesn't know how to stop. She is distracted. Did you catch that word? She is distracted. The, uh, the, the word, what it really means, it means to be pulled and dragged in many directions. And isn't that our lies, Right? Right? Anybody scatterbrain like me? Like, 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 listen, if you know me very well, I'll be talking about one thing and I'll be on another topic. Am I right, Tony? He doesn't want to admit it, but that's okay. But I'm just saying, right? We're, we're always scatterbrained and we're always distracted. So Jesus isn't saying, hey, stop serving, because that's not the, 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 the main idea Jesus is trying to say. What Jesus is trying to say, stop being so distracted. And I know a lot of us, we got to get focused on the right things, on the true things. Listen, on the good things. What Martha is doing isn't a bad thing. It's just not the best thing. It's just not the best thing. But Mary shows us what it's like, what, it, what happens when we sit at the Lord's feet. Notice Martha, when she starts to complain about her sister, you know why I, you know why I also think we all uh, have this struggle with anxiety. Notice Martha is worried about what Mary's doing. <laughs> right? We're, we're, we're always comparing ourselves. We're always looking at somebody else's life. We're always looking at somebody else's uh, page on Instagram and Facebook. We're, we're always worried about, and here's Martha saying, what about her? And it's like, well, what about you? Well, what about you? <laughs> but she sits at the Lord's feet. Let's talk about rest a little bit more. What is the posture of rest looks like? Mary shows us. Look what, look what she does. She listens to the Lord. She sits at his feet. She wants her soul to be filled. She realizes, I need to hear from Jesus. She realizes, I need his word right now. So the first thing we need to realize is first, rest is going to Jesus. Because if we don't do this, we will continue to allow our soul to be filled with the wrong things. We allow our soul to be filled with the idea that, hey, if I want to be successful, I got to do this. 
Hey, if I want to have a sense that I belong, I got to do this. Hey, if I want to feel loved, I got to do this, right? But Jesus says, come to me. And everything that you're looking for, I give to you. That's what he says. So what does rest do? Well, rest creates a different, let's talk about it in three different ways. Rest creates different rhythms. Let's talk about rhythms. We all live on a rhythm. We all live on some type of schedule of life. What do I mean by that? For instance, I woke up this morning, same time, because the baby woke me up, 6.45, and what do I have to do? I got to change him. I got to feed him, right? And I got to feed him some more. I got to feed him more. And next thing you know, it's like, it's 8.30, and we got to get here, and I haven't even eaten or anything, right? We're, we're, we're all on this schedule. We all have a rhythm. What rest does, rest allows us to reevaluate our lives and to say, well, I need to start doing this so I can stop doing that. But hey, I, I, need to, I need to allow my schedule to look like this so I can stop being so daggone anxious every time. I, I need to organize my life so that I can have more structure and more flow. And the goal of the rhythm is to create more discipline, more obedience. And you begin to live not for rest, but from rest. Number two, renewal. What, is, what does renewal mean? It's this idea where the Lord is actively changing your heart. The Apostle Paul says that the Lord changes us day by day. It's not a right away change, it's an over the time change. But we have to seek that change more and more in your life, more and more in our lives. That means this, we have to spend time with God saying this, God, I know there's a lot of things that I want you to change, but the first thing I want you to change is me. God, there's a lot of things that I, that, I, that I hope happens and that I'm praying it happens, but the one thing that I desperately more and more is for you to fix my broken spirit, my anxious heart. That's what it means to go to God, to ask for renewal, for the Lord to, to allow you to understand your true identity as a follower of Jesus, that you are a son and a daughter of Christ Jesus himself. You are loved. Some of us... Go through every single day forgetting how much we are loved by our Father. How much He actually loves you. Yes, broken, stinky, inconsistent, you. He loves you. Your brokenness never, never pushes the Father away. But He loves you. We need to find our sense of change and renewal more and more from Him so that we can live with contentment. We live in a world of discontentment. I actually just got done reading an article that because of our discontentment, we will always strive and look for the wrong things to fill our souls. I literally just read that. We struggle with discontentment. Goal of rest is to get to your Father, get to the Lord and say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me still waters. He restores my soul. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, it comforts me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So you can live with contentment and not live for more. God wants to fill your cup today. It was a fill until you were feeling content. Number three. Last point. 
He, what, what we do with rhythm, renewal, and then we have a sense of resistance. Now, what is resistance? Resistance is this idea where we're going to the Lord, and what we want to do is we long for the, the, the continued faithfulness. We go to the Lord and we say, all right, Lord, what do I need to do and what do I need not to do? Right? Right? Resistance is the idea where you, you are feeling more and more tempted to be, to be angry. You're feeling more and more tempted to hold a grudge. You're feeling more and more tempted to, to not forgive. You're feeling more and more tempted. And what you want to do, you get before in the presence of the Lord. In the presence of the Lord, he pushes it down. So that we do not live from the, from the flesh and from the desires that we want to. We resist when we find rest. And the outcome of rest is assurance and obedience. That's the outcome of rest. Assurance and obedience. So you can follow Jesus better. So you can know him better. And so you can live differently. I love Elizabeth Elliot. If you don't know Elizabeth Elliot, shame on you. She is one of the greatest preachers to ever live. I'm telling you, she's in my top three, all right? She, she, might, she might be the Michael Jordan of preachers, okay? The GOAT, because Michael Jordan is the GOAT. If you think it's LeBron, get out of the church. But anyway, but anyway, she says this in her, her autobiography. Her story is amazing. If you read her story about, just read it. It's amazing. She says this, trying to live without being nourished by God's word it's like expecting fruit to grow from a tree that hasn't been uprooted. So we got to get to the Lord. We got to let his word nourish our hearts. Let his promise nourish our hearts. Let me help you get started. I just want to get you started today. If you're taking down notes, take down these notes. Number one, schedule your time of rest. Schedule your time of rest. You schedule everything else. You schedule when there's birthday parties. You schedule when you got to go to work. You schedule when you got to have meetings. Schedule your time for the Lord, and don't let anything threaten that. Don't let anything get in the way of that. Take the time and say to yourself, this time, this block, this, this hour, this two hours, whatever it may be, this is for the Lord, and nothing is going to get in the way of that. Number two, spend time listening. Spend time listening to the Lord. Listen. The Lord speaks through his word. And through his word, he speaks through our hearts. He speaks through our hearts a sweet tender of love, of mercy, and of grace. Spend time listening to the Lord. Also, number three, spend time thanking God. When was the last time you thanked God? When was the last time that you just said, God, Listen, things aren't perfect, but you are. And every good and perfect gift comes from you. When's the last time you just got with the Lord and you spent time not asking God, but just thanking God? Just thanking God. Like, God, thank you. Right? Thank you because I don't deserve it. I have done everything to, to get the opposite from you. But you are full of mercy and love. I just say thank you. Number four, start to identify what distracts you. Some of you, you know what your distractions are. Some of us, it's our phones. I love scrolling. Can I just tell y'all right now? I love scrolling. But 
You ever been scrolling at one point, you'd be like, oh my gosh, an hour just went by. I just wasted an hour of my life. Identify your distractions. Maybe it's not your phone. Maybe it's other people that's your distractions. Maybe it's not a device. Maybe it's somebody. Identify your distractions. Here's another thing. This is from me. Listen to worship music. Or listen to sermons. And it's very helpful stuff. Just sit with the Lord. Just listen to worship. Listen to sermons from Katie, from Logan, from... Listen to them. Like, you never know what the Lord wants to speak to you through somebody else. And number six, seek counsel. Some of us, our anxiety, our distraction, our busyness is so out of control. It's important that we seek counsel. Listen, I see a counselor every week. I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm not ashamed to say that I go to a man and I say, hey, listen, dude, I'm getting it all wrong. And then he looks at me and says, well, let's help you get it right. Let's help turn it around. Some of us, we're at a point where we need to seek counsel. And when I say seek counsel, seek Christian counsel. Somebody that would open up the word and say, let's see what the Lord has to say about this. That's what I mean by that. Now, notice the story, how it ends. The story of Martha and Mary. We don't know. It's never told in, in church history which, what they did. Luke doesn't tell us. The Gospels, they don't tell us. We don't know how the story ends. But we do know this. Martha had to make a choice. She had to make a choice. The Bible doesn't go on and say she sat at the Lord's feet. She threw down the dishes. She threw down the utensils. And she just started listening to the Lord. It doesn't end like that. But she had to make a choice. And for us today, we got to make a choice. Are we going to be Martha? Distracted? Anxious, troubled, worried about what everybody thinks, trying to live life by yourself, trying to control everything and everyone, or are we going to be like Mary? Notice Mary says nothing in this, but her posture speaks volumes. Her posture speaks volumes. She's at the Lord's feet. And we have that choice today. Are going to be Martha? Are we going to be Mary? Your choice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the God of rest. You give rest to our souls. You give hope to our hearts. You give um, joy to our minds, Father. Father, today, Lord, I pray that we would choose Mary, that we would be like Mary after today. That, Lord, that, that everything that was said today, it just allowed us to move forward and towards prioritizing rest more and more in our lives. Help us to do that today, Father. Father, help us to identify our distractions. Help us to eliminate our distractions. Help us to be full of your presence and full of your power and full of your joy. Help us today for that. Lord, I pray that we have different rhythms Pray that we have different rhythms in our lives, that we, that, we, that we create different ways of how we can trust you and walk with you. Speak to your children today. In your son's perfect name is who we pray. Amen.